0: Welcome to the first episode of Hey Chef! In today's episode, we are talking to Chef Chris Amendola, a good friend and mentor of mine. We discuss his restaurant, foraged, what exactly foraging is, and how it relates to the preparation of his cuisine. We also discuss his theory that there are 52 seasons in a year, why he chose to open his restaurant in Baltimore, and why he has pictures of the animals he cooks throughout the dining area. So, let's get into it. Here is Hey Chef!
1: hello this is our first podcast we're here with chef chris amandola of forage welcome
2: hi sammy how are you
1: good how are you doing good
2: man thanks for having me on Season one, episode one. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: So do you remember when we uh, first met?
2: I do. I do. That was a uh, that was a fun uh, evening. Uh, you had reached out to me on social media yes, and I wanted did. to come in for dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was totally about it. And then you came in, what, like a week later or so?
1: Yeah, about that.
2: Uh, by yourself. Sat by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, super impressed by that. Yep. Uh, and then we ended up doing a 12-course tasting yeah, menu 12 for course. you.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I, can't, I went in with about like six dollars. Mom told me to drink water. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then you guys just served me a 12-horse meal. I was very surprised. Uh, it was awesome. Awesome. Thank you again for that. Yeah, yeah.
2: Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah,
1: that was in uh, the springtime.
2: That was, yeah. yes. Yep.
1: Ramps and uh, fiddleheads.
2: That's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so can you talk to me a little bit about uh, your restaurant?
2: Sure. Uh, so Forged, uh, we opened uh, about two and a half years ago. Um we source as much as we can from local farmers and really try and highlight what's in season you know at those specific times of year like right now we're going we, we're into fall so we're doing a lot of you know fall foods and winter squashes and root vegetables and you know stuff like that.
1: Do you have a favorite season?
2: Oh man, it'd probably either be spring or fall.
1: Mm-hmm. what is in the spring?
2: Oh spring's like uh spring's probably my favorite one of my favorites because you know you get all the greens start coming in and you know uh stuff other than root vegetables that you're cooking all winter long uh and then it's the start of foraging season so that's even yeah. more exciting
1: <laughs> and in spring you have uh, ramps yes, yes. Are, uh so people don't know um it's like a uh can you help me out
2: what it's a <laughs> technically a wild onion uh yeah, kind of okay. has that cross between a garlic and uh onion flavor to it yeah nice it's one of the very first plants to pop up every year
1: that's awesome so why foraging why not like hunting or i don't know growing Uh, it yourself
2: uh i I do enjoy uh farming uh forging though is kind of i don't know kind of one of those things you know it's it's being out in the woods and secluded Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. surrounded by nature and finding food um just kind of took me away many of years ago.
1: Nice. So you forage for mushrooms? Yes. Uh, okay.
2: mo- mostly mushrooms. That's that's my main, okay. uh, main thing that I like to forage. Some plants and fruits here and there, but okay. mostly mushrooms.
1: Nice. So what kind of mushrooms?
2: Depends on the season. Uh, okay. Right now, I'm looking for a lot of uh, hen of the woods and chicken mushrooms. It's okay. um, about it, really.
1: Okay. All right. And uh, you just... Uh, you guys were just cooking some stuff uh, at Forge or I guess we were um, (laughs) uh, cooking pawpaws
2: yes pawpaws uh, they were in season what I don't know two three weeks ago or so
1: so what are they
2: Uh, pawpaws are a uh, indigenous fruit uh, kind of Kind of a very tropical flavor on those. Kind of tastes like a mix of bananas and mangoes. Uh depending on the variety, some can taste more like banana or some can takes taste more like uh mango. Yeah,
1: I thought it was very interesting trying it for the first time. Um uh, like something very tropical in Maryland. It's crazy, isn't kind it? Of, <laughs> it's yeah. crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Can you tell us about the uh seasonal changes in the menu?
2: Uh sure. You know, we um we, we think there's more, you know, instead of the traditional four seasons, uh, you know, I think there's more of, you know, 52 seasons oh my. a year, <laughs> you know, each week brings something new and okay. something to be excited about. You know, so we kind of follow those uh, guidelines, um, you know, and see what the farmers have available and see what kind of stuff we're getting from the woods that forgers are dropping off, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to the fishermen, um, just kind of keep it ever changing, you know, so things stay fresh and uh, flavorful. And, you know, to me, that's kind of how you're supposed to eat, you know, uh, enjoying those things that are in seasons.
1: So what made you want to be a chef?
2: Oh, man. (laughs) So that goes way back um, from, you know, when I was a little kid. Um, You know, growing up, um, my parents loved to cook. um, And I had an aunt and uncle that every time they came to our house or we went to their house, you know, we were making, you know, fresh pizza, like Mm. dough from scratch and like the whole whole nine yards. you know even to I think when I was like seven or eight they showed me how to make hollandaise and roasted artichokes you know so you know I started playing a lot more helping my parents cooking and you know my sister had an easy bake oven that I (laughs) probably used more than she did (laughs) Uh, you know and then like uh, cookies makes a France Mm -hmm. Um, so part of my weekly uh, chores was to sit there and record it for him Um, Mm. and this is back in the day with BHRs, you know, or VCR, sorry, um, where you had to sit there and hit record and stop when the commercials oh, wow. came on and then hit record when the show came back on. Um, so I'd end up sitting there watching, you know, these chefs that I knew nothing about at that age, you know, <clears throat> and it really, uh, uh, really sparked my interest uh, in cooking. You know, I started playing a lot more, helping my parents cooking and, you know, my sister had an easy bake oven that I probably used more than she did, <laughs> uh, you know, and then, like, uh, cookies, making chocolate chip cookies, like, I I was religious about that when I was a kid, um, and then just kind of, I don't know, just kind of clicked, you know, uh, as I got older, um, you know, I just loved cooking, I loved, you know, feeding people, I guess, I, I don't know, it was, <laughs> it was crazy, you know, and then, Later in life, uh, when I went back and looked up that show again, you know, mm-hmm. Great Chefs of France and stuff, you know, I realized I was watching, like, these legend chefs, <laughs> you know, cooking demos on mm-hmm. TV, like, you know, Alain Passard and, oh, wow. you know, um, all these great, great chefs. Uh, and I was, it was crazy to think that I was sitting there as, you know, <laughs> six, seven, eight-year-old wow. watching these chefs cook <laughs> mm-hmm. and it just kind of took off from there.
1: That's awesome. Uh do you remember the first thing that you cooked?
2: Mm. uh not not necessarily It, it was either mm-hmm. if I had to guess it was probably either pizza uh French toast or chocolate chip cookies
1: <laughs> okay yeah, and if you guys don't know his chocolate chip cookies are awesome. <laughs> you like um make them the dough and then you like put them in the fridge.
2: yep, we let it we let the dough rest for about three days. Um, wow. Really helps that texture and the flavor develop in those cookies. Is that the secret? <laughs> <laughs> One of them. <laughs> <laughs> One of them. <laughs> uh,
1: are there are there any challenges along the way when you were uh, pursuing a chef job?
2: Uh, I mean, I think with with anything, you know, there's definitely challenges. Um, you know, coming up in the industry, you know, it's it's hard, you know, trying to trying yeah. to get into those restaurants, and you know, I always wanted to be. You know, I always wanted to be the best, so I always tried mm-hmm. to work at the best restaurant and, you know, try and get into these restaurants and um, and learn as much as I possibly could. Yeah. You know, and sometimes getting into some of those restaurants are pretty challenging.
1: Yeah, um, it looks like it. <laughs> you
2: know, and trying to keep up with what they're doing and how they're doing it. And it was, uh, it was a fun time.
1: So what were the, some of the places that you, like, staged at or... Uh, worked
2: at? Uh, so uh, my first probably bigger restaurant uh, or chef name restaurant that I worked at uh, was down in Orlando, uh, Florida. Uh, I worked for uh, Todd English down there. Um, that kind of, that was a, a big operation. We were doing like 500, 600 covers a night uh, wow. and it was intense. It was intense. <laughs> um, and then uh, later after that job, uh, ended up working for Sean Brock up in South Carolina. Awesome. That yeah. was an uh, amazing experience. Yeah. Um, let's see. After that, uh, mini bar. Staged at mini bar for a while back when it was uh, what was it? Twelve seats at the wow. at the little bar, or yeah. six seats? Six seats, I think it was. Um, but uh, that was that was Hopefully an experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, after that, uh, it staged at uh, Eleven Madison Park. Uh, and then ended up getting a job at uh, Blue Hill at Stone Barns. Awesome.
1: What was your favorite restaurant that you worked in?
2: Probably McCready's. That. McCready's. Yeah, that, was, uh, that probably changed my whole view on mm-hmm. Kirking, uh, working there. Um, you know, growing up in Florida, like, you don't see farms, you mm-hmm. know, like you do up here. You know, it's a lot of citrus groves mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um so I n- I never really had any exposure to farmers and farms and stuff like that. Uh, it was just that called this phone number, put in the order and showed up the next day, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um and then when I got to South Carolina, uh, the restaurant had its own farm and mm-hmm. you know, it was just like mind blowing, you mm-hmm. know. It it to be able to see, you know, this little tiny seed grow up and mature mm-hmm. and yeah. um, harvest from it and then take it to the restaurant and cook it, like mm-hmm completely changes your view on cooking you know you know um you know the hard work that went behind what it took to grow that or raise Mm -hmm. that animal um so cooking it in a restaurant you're like you want to put extra love into it and not burn it and then have to throw it away because then all that went to waste yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh what chef or restaurant really got you into like the seasonal stuff
2: uh, again, that'd probably be McCrady's. uh, okay. that's, w- that's where I really had like my first, uh, take on all that, um, Florida, we didn't have any seasons. It was either mm. summer or winter, you know, <laughs> so, um, to be able to see like the change in seasons, even though South Carolina is not quite like it is here, you know, you still see those, uh, changes in seasons. Um, it was definitely eye opening for sure. Yeah.
1: So how old were you then?
2: Uh, When I worked at McCrady's I was, I think it was 22, 23, right. somewhere around there.
1: Was that your first restaurant job?
2: No, no, no. I was working in restaurants since I was, uh, I think I first started uh, dishwashing when I was 13 mm. at, a, at a local bar that I, uh, <laughs> in the town I grew up in.
1: Right. Working in a restaurant is not easy at all because, I mean, you don't get paid very well. <laughs> you work such long hours. Um... Yeah, I mean, you don't really have much of a life other than that, right?
2: That that is very true. I think, you know, probably that's probably one of the biggest hurdles for people uh trying to work in this industry is is the hours and how demanding it is. You know, we work um we work when everybody else is off, you know, holidays, weekends, birthdays, you know, it does, doesn't matter, you know. Um you know, that, that can definitely be a huge challenge. Um uh to anybody trying to get into the industry, you know, I think, uh, I think shows, you know, on the Food Network kind of, you know, made it seem like this industry was super glamorful and you're going to get famous yeah. and, you know, all that. And, you know, people don't see how much work is, is, is behind that. You know, when I was coming up, you know, I was, even though I wasn't scheduled to be there until three o'clock in the afternoon, you know, I would show up at 11, 12 mm-hmm. o'clock, work off the clock. You know until it was time for me to clock in and um, just get work done you know um, it was probably a little different for me too because I was so um, eager to learn and I wanted you know I wanted to always make sure I was you know doing my best and yeah. uh, learning as much as I possibly could at these restaurants um, you know so f- like even still now like I work Hundred hours a week, seven days a week. You know, it's. it's But you love it, right? Oh, it's. There's literally, well, other than professionally forging, but (laughs) there's nothing in this world I'd rather do. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just the fulfillment, you know, that it Mm -hmm. gives you when you have when you have guests, you know, walking back to the kitchen to tell you how amazing the food was, or you know, it was the best meal that they've ever had, or Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter like what was going on that day or that week. you could be having the worst week possible, and, you know, that in itself just makes everything better, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I left work a little bit early last night, um, and as I was walking out the back door, this guest came running down the the hallway trying to catch me, and he just to stop me and talk to me and, you know, tell me how much he loved everything and how mm-hmm. much he appreciated it. And, you know, he had two restaurants up in New York, and they were just mm-hmm. in town to come in at the restaurant. And, you know, it's stuff like that that's... Mm-hmm that's what it's all about you know
1: yeah when my mom came in here she when we went to forage uh, she had the chicken she said she almost wanted to cry <laughs> yeah it was so good <laughs>
2: that's you know i think that's like one of my favorite things uh about cooking is uh you know you can there's only a couple industries that are like this you know that you use all your senses every day mm-hmm. and not only can you uh, connect with people on, you know, previous memories and recall memories, but you also can create new memories and new emotions from from food. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's crazy. It's, it's pretty awesome.
1: So when uh, customers come into Forage, like, what do you want them to feel? like?
2: I think more than anything, just relaxed. Okay. Um, you know, just kind of enjoy their time. <laughs> you know, I didn't want as much fine dining as I've done, like mostly all I've done is fine dining. You know, I didn't want that perception of when guests came in that, you know, it was stuffy and you had yeah. to dress a certain way and mm-hmm. act a certain way. You know, I just want people to relax and have fun and enjoy the food and enjoy the company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we're I still wanted to execute on that kind of level, you know. Um, I have people call uh, asking what the dress code is, and I'm like telling them to come in their pajamas, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, it's just one of those. I want I want people to enjoy themselves when they're in the restaurant.
1: Yeah, and um, also you were telling me about how why you have the um, pig pictures
2: in yeah. the restaurant. <laughs> so we have a picture of a pig, uh, a cow, and a uh, lamb and, and right in the dining room. Yeah, why do um, that? So So inhumane. (laughs) We do get that a lot. But no, I mean, I think it's important that people remember where their food comes from. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of that's been lost uh, from people going to grocery stores and just seeing the product, you know, laid out and didn't realize or don't realize that that meat once had a face, you know, and it was alive and running around. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think it's important, you know, that animal lost its life to feed us and give us nutrients you know Mm -hmm. should definitely be grateful Um, we've we've had a lot quite a few guests uh, comment on the pig one because we have that whole pig parts section of the menu and they're like how am I supposed to eat this pig snout or pig ears when I'm staring at this picture of this pig I'm like look that's that's what it is that's what it's about you know that's that's this animal's legacy living on you know yeah. It's important.
1: So, so when did you open forged?
2: Uh we opened uh December 28th, 2017.
1: Okay. How was that like opening like it scary?
2: <laughs> it was extremely stressful. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I didn't uh it, it all kind of happened so quickly mm. um you know i didn't have i still don't have any investors you know we opened the doors with uh, about five thousand dollars in the bank account mm. uh and lost ten thousand dollars in the first month you know right. so that was that was an eye opener you yeah. know i was like oh man like is this only going to last a month you know or two mm. months like what are we going to do you know so there was definitely a lot of stress you know and it's still been extremely stressful um but i think it's been helpful because i've learned how to control that stress and you know not let it ruin my day you know yeah um just keep pushing forward
1: always very happy absolutely (laughs) i
2: mean it's my own restaurant what more can i ask for (laughs) it's true
1: yep always smiling and laughing and making jokes and
2: absolutely you got to atmosphere it's you know you gotta you gotta combat that stress somehow you know it's Mm no matter what's going on, it's always going to be a stressful day in a kitchen, you know, so it's either you laugh and make jokes and have fun doing it or you let the stress control you. And, Mm. you know, then it's no fun, you know, and I, when I (coughs) was opening this restaurant, like all I wanted to do was just, um, you know, be happy cooking again, you know, Baltimore has been a little bit of a rocky road Mm. in other restaurants, you know, so it kind of, kind of dim that light on that passion a little bit, you yeah. know, so when this all came to light that I was getting this restaurant, you know, I just wanted to be happy cooking again, yeah. you know, and cooking food that I wanted to cook and, you know, just have fun with it.
1: Yeah. yeah. So why uh, Baltimore? <laughs>
2: that's a, that's a good question. I, I get that a lot. Um, you know, when I was, uh, before this, I was in New York, uh, just leaving Stone Barns. Yeah. I was actually looking to go back to D.C. Um and uh ended up finding this um job posting for uh what was Fleet Street Kitchen um in Baltimore and I was like, oh and I was like, all right, you know, sounds kinda cool. They have their own farm, fine dining restaurant, yeah. you know. Yeah. I was like kind yeah. of you know exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh so I know I was like, uh, you know, I'll go check it out for a year and a half, two years, you yeah. know, my my normal MO on moving. Um and actually, I don't know, I ended up just really, really liking it here in, in Baltimore. You know, um, foraging's great. Good spots. You get, getting to see all the seasons is, mm-hmm. is good. You know, each season's not that bad. Um can drive two hours and be in the mountains or drive two hours and be at the beach, yeah, you, sure. you know. Um, so I don't know, something about Baltimore just captivated me. The people are cool. You know, there's a lot of culture and just cool place to be.
1: Baltimore food scene. Um I mean there's good and bad things about it.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> uh I th- I definitely think it's it's coming up, you know, yeah. even in the even in the what 6 years now that I've been here, the the food scene has definitely changed and yeah. um you know, I think we're starting to get a lot of national recognition mm-hmm. um, you know, on that uh and a lot of the restaurants here and what people are trying to do. Um, you know, which is good. People are stepping up and you know trying to do something cool and um, you know make Baltimore a food destination city, which would be awesome you know yeah. for everybody. Yeah, um, you know there, a lot of neighborhoods you know have their own you know special little spot. Um, yeah. there's definitely some some really really good restaurants in Baltimore and yeah. um, you know new ones opening every day, so it's yeah. it's, it's it's awesome to see.
1: Little Italy, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Mm. Some good Italian spots. <laughs> yeah. You're Italian, right? I am. I am. Uh, a little mix of Italian and English. Mm. I like to claim mostly Italian, though, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay. Well, even though you say baguette instead of baguette. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: how the Italians say it, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so for uh, other kids who want to get into this, um uh, food world, um you have any advice for them?
2: I would have to say just make sure you really love it. you know it's okay. it's it's demanding. Mm. um you know, as we were talking about earlier, it's just you know one of those things where you're gonna work, you know, and yeah. it's gonna be long days, long weekends, um, and always push to be better, you know, mm-hmm. push to find the best chefs to work for and you know, learn as much as you possibly can from them. and then, You know move on to another and just keep learning you know that's a one cool thing uh, i mean among plenty of other, but (laughs) one of the coolest things about this industry is no matter what you can never stop learning you know there's so Mm -hmm. much information about food and wine and farming and just everything that ties it together you know that you can learn forever and not learn everything
1: Mm. and back to like the working a lot um when was the last time you had a vacation? <laughs>
2: I think we should start with when was the last time I had a day off, <laughs> which would have been July 4th. <laughs> it is, what now, October uh, 14th. 14th. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been been a little while.
1: So, are you going to open any more restaurants here eventually? Uh,
2: eventually. Uh, you know, I want to make sure uh, Forged is, um, you know, holding its own and, yeah. you know, good, and then I want to move on to my... my my real operation. Okay. This was just kind of a stepping stone for me, you know. To I guess as an introduction to owning a business and running a business and um, stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, my next restaurant. Hopefully, I don't know. A couple of years, okay. i might say.
1: When you open it, will Forge still be a thing? You think, or you think we'll close it?
2: Uh, I don't know. It's hard hard to say right now. You know, I'd like okay. to. I'd like to say it would stay open. Okay. Um, you know, maybe maybe by that time you'll be my CDC there and <laughs> you'll be running that restaurant, you know? That'd be awesome. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's always going to be the first restaurant. I'd love love for it to stay open, you know?
1: Yeah. For people who don't know, you do a lot of, um, well, you do some pop-ups. We do. Um, you also do some classes, foraging classes.
2: Foraging classes, yeah.
1: Um, you do collabs with chefs at yep. your restaurant. Um, so, like, what's to come?
2: Uh, we're probably going to take, uh, you know, th- late fall and winter off just because it's really busy time for the restaurant because where we're located, you know, the lights on 34th street. So mm-hmm. it, it gets to be, gets to be a lot, you know, um, a lot of, uh, private parties and stuff like that. So we'll probably, probably pick back up in the spring, uh, with forging classes and then, you know, have some more guest chef dinners and, mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff like that. Maybe some forging dinners. That'd be fun.
1: <laughs> so who of your, uh, who have you done the pop ups with or uh, sorry, collabs with? Uh,
2: so our first one with uh, was with Chef Neil Howe from the corner pantry, he's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, we did breakfast for dinner, uh, which was really fun. Uh, all breakfast foods, um, he crushed it a lot of good food. Yeah. Uh, you know, bre- cooking breakfast is fun, it's it's uh, probably one of the most challenging things that people don't you know really realize is cooking breakfast, yeah, especially eggs. Eggs are uh, yeah. Seem easy, <laughs> yeah. Seem easy, but it—they're actually very challenging. Um, you know, that one—that was a fun dinner. Um, then we did uh, a mushroom dinner with uh, Chef Kevin Brothers. Uh, that was—that was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, this mushroom season hasn't been all that great, but uh, we still pulled it off and had a had a really awesome dinner.
1: So, where can we find you? You can plug some stuff.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, you can always find me at the restaurant, uh, Forged. We're located in uh, Hamden on Chestnut Avenue, um, Tuesday through Sunday. Mm -hmm. Open Mm -hmm. at 5 (laughs) o'clock. Social media, um, Chefing It Up is my personal. Mm -hmm. And then Forged.Eatery is the restaurant. Um, Yeah. and And here and there, find us at pop ups or. Out in the woods. <laughs> All right.
1: Out in the woods. <laughs> Alright, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sammy.
0: I mean, I mean <laughs> Thanks for thanks for coming.
2: Yeah, man, thanks for having me. It was it was great. It was fun. Very fun.
0: Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to our first episode of Hey Chef. Next week I will be back with another Baltimore chef, David Thomas. You'll hear about his signature cuisine, which he calls modern soul food his experience on the popular Food Network series, Chopped, and how his grandmother's tremendous influence led to him becoming a chef. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at hey chef Podcast, and tell your friends about us. Our website is wypr.org forward slash programs forward slash hey dash chef. Also, we'd love to hear from you. So leave us a voicemail message with any questions or comments. Chefs you'd like us to have on the show? Recipes? Food puns? Jokes? Whatever! We will play our favorite messages on the show. Our number is 443-738-5205. To see me cook, join my sister and I on Instagram at subkidscooking or subkidscooking.com as we make recipes from around the world. And check out our cookbook on Amazon called Snackcation.
2: This podcast is brought to you by CCBC Student Life's New Media Collective, CCBC's Communication and Media Studies Department, and the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation. Produced by Beth Bonick and her crew of CCBC students, Ashley Metz, Eric Cox, Kalia Merritt, Yasmin Faison, Maggie Brown, Sarah Popkin, Louisa Schoffert, and Aaliyah Almeadow. Artwork by Sammy Bonnick and Shannon Design. Theme music by 905 Productions. Thank you to WYPR 881, Baltimore's number one news talk station, and
1: WYPR senior producer Bob White for being our studio engineer.